Moses, it is written. And if if you if you know the Bible stories, the the one story that that should trigger in your head is the temptation of Jesus. And obviously, as Christians, we are people who believe who Jesus is, who he was, and who he's who he's gonna be, you know, in the future uh, to us. And uh, so. In doing that, and you just study anything you can about Jesus and what what did he do? We talked about that last time. W, you know, was it WWJD? What would Jesus do? And um, there's an important thing, and I believe that we as men today are kind of in that in this story, put ourselves in this story because I called you to a fast because I believe that we are. Or we haven't become who we were called to be yet. That there's a calling on each person's life here. And just as a, and, and we kind of, I introduced it last week, the idea that we were not there yet. We haven't, we haven't become everybody. Just this, the, the call that Paul told us that what the church is supposed to look like, what us as individuals are supposed to look like as men of God. I think that our identity has been sabotaged uh, and that we've accepted a half truth about who we are as opposed to moving into the full truth of who we are and when you look at the full truth of what Paul was saying of who we are in Ephesians in Christ it's overwhelmingly powerful it's overwhelming it's fantastic it's fantasy it would be in the fantasy section of a movie if we started moving into that and adventure and a thriller and we wind up settling for maybe, I think the best movie, and it was one of Fuji's movies, it was Walter Mitty. We maybe imagine all the things that we could do. And we have a great, we can, we can imagine, you know, maybe jumping off that building and saving that, running up that building and saving that dog, you know, and on the way down, you know, repairing its leg, <laughs> you know, giving it a prosthesis. If you haven't watched Walter Mitty in a while, it's a great movie. <clears throat> but, in our real life, we let moments pass or we're distracted by what we're doing and we miss the opportunities to be who we're called to be. And I believe with all my heart that I was called to wake people up and not just to wake people up in this in this season of my life to push us into performing at a level <laughs> and take those opportunities to not to let them pass anymore. And so we're right in the middle of a fast. And I say in the middle because I'm going to challenge us a little bit further. Jesus, the story, it is written, it was Jesus found himself in a 40-day fast. He was led into the wilderness by the Spirit for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, th- it's interesting, this, these, these type of fasting experiences have changed men's lives, including Jesus. And I want you to understand that right now, the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to be tested. So, not only have you been pursuing what is God saying, but I guarantee there's the enemy who has come up too. 
and he's been knocking on the door of your heart and your mind going, eh, what about this though? What about that? So this experience here um, was just to give us to taste. I put, I always do this. I always start with 21 days because you say 40 a lot of times. And in today's cycle, when I'm, when I'm coaching, if I say 40 right off the bat, everybody gives up. <laughs> Especially the addictions that they're used to. They're like, nah, that's too long. Usually with the kids, I'll say three days. <laughs> Give me three days. This generation has no fortitude when it comes to putting down things. Especially if it's entertaining. Remember, in the last days, they will become lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Pleasure comes into direct conflict of who God is. And you can put entertainment in that pleasure box. Because I know that, you know, social media, I was with Preston. Social media is not a big deal. I just have never participated in it. Um, I get confused. I, I, I saw Jen's Facebook one time and I started, and I, I got completely lost. I'm like, who are we? Who am I? Who is this? <laughs> you know, why are they? How do you stay into one person's Facebook? You know, I'm thinking about it like a website. You know, do they have, you know. Um, Instagram, I don't know how to do that. You know, all the social media stuff. But entertainment, I love a good story. You know, and there's nothing wrong with a good story. Stories are powerful. But boy, you know, I'll get into it, man. I just, that was my drug to go to sleep at night. Put on a story, fall asleep on whatever that, and my dreams have become saturated with whatever those stories were putting on. I know that because I, you know, like David said, his dreams started coming. My, my dreams also were pretty relevant, usually pretty relevant to something that was going on. But my thought patterns were being controlled by these storytellers. But I love, you know, I love, I love me some good stories. And so that was the hardest thing to kind of let go of for me. But as I let go of it, I was detoxing and all of a sudden I realized I was capturing, you know, the, the Lord was able to let some of his mindsets and I'm still detoxing after 21 days I'm still I'm almost at the end and 21 days is a psychological number in terms of breaking a habit and starting new habits they say that's how long it takes to break a habit and start new habits and I think that's important because that's what James is talking about you know I'm I'm, I'm starting new addictions probably more positive addictions um, I have no problems with my addictive personality or my addictive I think we were all created that way I have that belief. And I was like, Lord, why would you create us to want more? And I believe it was brilliant because, I mean, you can never get enough of who God is because he's an infinite being, eternal. And we were created to house his spirit. So we can't get enough. That is an incredible thing of a creation that can't get enough. That's not a that's not a a weakness. That's a power. To be able to consume who God is, actually bring him in, allow him to consume who you are and say more, please. And that being being able to say, "Why yes, I have more." In fact, it says, "When you receive the Holy Spirit, you will be able he will lead you into all the truth and all mysteries." All the things I'm craving from the world's media or the world's entertainment, mysteries, Bigfoot, you know, uh, UFOs, all the things that I want. The Holy Spirit already offers that. 
Now, can he use movies and stuff to inspire you? Of course he can. But at the same time, some of the things that we trade out for, it's not healthy for our our souls. So, I go into this story, and I think about, I think about, well, what did Jesus do when he was in the fast? The one thing he did when he was confronted in spiritual warfare with the devil himself, who, by the way, at that point was the God of this world, the leader of this world, talking about the earth. I don't know if he had any other planets under his venue, but this planet says was, he was given leadership of it. We'll read about it here in a second. And he came to Jesus and said, hey, you're hungry. 40 days without food, time to eat. And then Jesus would, every, every time Satan would, would, would tempt him or test him with something, Jesus responded with, it is written. Now, what was written? And this is a very interesting question. He would quote, you know, do you know what book Jesus quoted out of the three times that he was tested? Hmm? Psalms? Nope. Genesis? Nope. Do you know what book he quoted out of? Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. All three times. Of all the books, Deuteronomy. <laughs> you know, you, know you, think, you think about that book, you know. I've read it, you know. Deuteronomy? <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's a tough book. But he quoted out of it. Now I'm thinking about that. Jesus being God thought it was important to battle Satan with truth from a book in the Old Testament. It is written. Now, hey, it's interesting. Why didn't he just say, you know, because he is the Word of God himself. He is the Word made flesh. Why didn't he just say, you know, if I were the Word made flesh, I would just like, screw you, Satan. <laughs> you want to feel this? <laughs> I'd get, give him electrical shots, you know. I'd say, angels, go at it, <laughs> you know. Gabriel, <laughs> how about Michael? Michael, come on down. You want to you play? Um, let's have a fight. Let's see who wins. Uh, thumb wrestling. <laughs> you, know, you, know, <laughs> you know, if it's not time yet. All right, just thumb wrestle at least. Uh, <laughs> um, so, but Jesus, I think, was making a point because this would be recorded for us it was actually written, this encounter with Satan was written for us to glean from it. Um, Jesus is a young boy, 12 years old actually. They go to Jerusalem to offer their, you know, whatever. The family takes a, a family trip and they leave, 12 years old, and they leave without their son. Now, one of the reasons they could have left is because maybe at that, at that old, we expected a lot more of our children at 12. You could actually almost get married 12, 13. You were considered a man in the Jewish tradition. You would have a bar mitzvah and be initiated into manhood at that age. Today, we're like, you know, maybe when you're 30, maybe you become a man. We don't really have an initiation <laughs> is there anymore, but... Back then, we expected a little bit more of, of the teenagers. 
Well, anyways, for whatever reason, they 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 left without their son. <laughs> Found out he wasn't in the caravan after about three days of travel, I think, or something. Was, I, I forget how long, but it took them three days or so to find him. And they found him in the temple with the people who studied scripture. And he was asking, it says in Luke, he was asking them questions about scripture. He was fascinated. He was, he was, he was he, at 12 year old, wanting to know the scriptures better. And so I, I just, I took it earlier on. If, if the scriptures were important to Jesus, well, they need to be important to me. I'm like, so what scriptures was he looking at back then? You know, and, and back then he was looking at what we call the Old Testament today. And of all the books he picked, it was Deuteronomy, but of all the books, uh, there's another Bible question, of all the books that Jesus quoted the most out of, when he would, in, in, the, in the New Testament, what, what do you think the, the book he quoted out of the most <laughs> Psalms. It was the Psalms. So that was interesting that you're, he's leading you into the Psalms right now. Um, he quoted out of the Psalms the most. Um, just interesting. And I, I, I wrote down some of the books that he quoted out of the most. And in, in, in kind of in first, second, third... And uh, where is it? Quoted out of other books. Deuteronomy comes in second for the book most often quoted by Jesus. Uh, Isaiah, third. Exodus, fourth. And um, just interesting that, and there was more books they quoted out, but the top four were those books. Now, he was giving credence to the fact that I mean, powerful to say it is written. And Satan obviously quoted out, quoted back. Actually, Satan quoted a psalm, I think, back to him in one of the temptations. So, so Satan, Satan, the goddess world, actually knows the, script, knows the scriptures too. Um, now, people ask, well, don't other religions have scriptures and things like that? And yes, they do. They have their own Scriptures that they believe are from God. I'm not going to get into all that right now. But I am going to get into this. If people ask me today about the Bible and what do I believe, I'll, just, I'll say real quick, I believe what Paul believes about the Scriptures. Right now, Paul's quoting about the Old Testament. And he says, All Scripture... And he's been referenced. I understand Paul was a Pharisee, so he was one of those guys who Jesus may have actually talked to, you know, back in the day. All Scripture is breathed out by God. We use that word inspired by God himself. And profitable for teaching, for reproof, which means fixing yourself or for hey you're you're doing something wrong <laughs> you know the backhand of god <laughs> for correction and for training in righteousness all right this is paul who we just studied about 
you know, and thank God Paul wrote some things down. Because all of the Old Testament that Paul's talking about here is the 39 books that we read. Now, when it was compiled, it's interesting, when it was compiled the, uh, by the Jewish scrolls and stuff, it wasn't compiled the same way we see them today. In fact, what, what's the last book of the Old Testament that we have in our, in our Bible? Malachi. But in the, in, the, in the Jewish format, the book of Chronicles there's another book that you you know that won't keep you up at night. It actually, if you want to go to sleep quick, if you have a problem sleeping, read Chronicles, <laughs> All right? But it's interesting because Chronicles is was the last book in the Jewish mindset of the Old Covenant. But it was actually putting putting you know after the Babylonian captivity, it kind of goes back and chronicles the Jewish history. But people ask me about this book and what I believe. I believe what Paul says about the Bible. This is what I believe. And all scripture is breathed out by God. Now, what, how about all the other scriptures that I say? There's two miracles that I go back to that are still in existence today. Two miracles that you can go and still, still going on to this day. First miracle I, I, I point to is the Jewish nation. They are a modern day Miracle Number one, that they still exist. The Jews still exist. And number two, that they're back in the land that was promised to them. And they're still keeping, there's a group of them that still keep the covenant of the old scriptures. They still practice. That's a miracle. If any historian, if any news media with any dirt or worth their dirt in being a journalist or any historian that studies civilization, you tell me how in the world after 2,000 years can a group of people be go back and reclaim the land that they were in and get it. Get it back. And bring the language back. Hebrew. Guys, we are in the end times. All the prophecies that was written in the, the 39 books of the Old Testament claimed that this would happen. Jesus, God said, I will do this. I will bring them back. What book talks about that? The 39 books of the Old Testament. The second miracle that I claimed is a modern day miracle is the Bible itself. How it was compiled, over 40 authors. It has a beginning and it has an ending. Over thousands of years compiled. Powerful, powerful. People, people ask me, you know, well, how do you know it's the right book? And and I'm, I may take some more time in that on an on another thing because since I've been 15, I've made a practice because it was important to Jesus to know the scriptures. I wanted to know the scriptures too. It was as simple as that. I my best friend is Jesus. We commune every day, and if the if he says the scriptures are important. 
And I, I and I know by history that the Jewish scriptures are what where he came from. He's those those are the ones I've read. Now, have I read the other scriptures? Yes, I have. I've read the Torah. <laughs> I've read, you know, what's the Muslim Quran? I've read other scriptures that were outside of the Jewish scriptures, but they were traditional to them. I've read the Quran. I've read the Mormon Bible. I've read the Jehovah's Witness Bible because when they came, I wanted to say, hey, I, I honestly said, I, I gave your book a chance. I've read the Gnostic Gospels. James brought that up last night. The, the Gnostic Gospels, there was a bunch of other supposed Gospels from people like Peter, supposed, you know, Mary Magdalene, Judith. There's, there's other... I, and I've read the histories of them. I've read how they came about. I read how they put the Old Testament together, how that came about. Uh, I was thrilled to read about the, the, uh, the little shepherd boy who went into a cave of Qumran in 1947. By the way, this is when Israel was becoming a nation again. <laughs> and he found more ancient writings that had the Bible in them. And so these are earlier manuscripts than we actually had in modern taste. So I was like, oh, you know, what are they going to find? Are they going to find discrepancies? And they didn't. This book has been protected. And then in our modern time, when Israel is becoming a nation, God opens up a cave and lets the world see some of the, the earliest manuscripts to say, these scriptures are still true. And scientists, everybody, I think all the liberal uh, historians who have claimed that the Bible is this and the Bible's not this Bible, the, the Bible's just Jewish propaganda. I'm like, Jewish propaganda? It is too honest. It did not make the Jews look good. <laughs> In fact, you get, after reading it, you guys are idiots. <laughs> and they're calling these liberals kind of Jewish propaganda. And what I have found is that us as men of God, we don't know the scriptures. We know more about what the world's stories are out, but we don't know the scriptures that were that important to when Satan comes against us. What, how do we respond? Well, I would like to think that we could respond the way Jesus responded. Well, you know, it's written that, you know, and I'm so passionate about this that since I'm 15, I've, I've, I've made a practice of reading the Bible through one year. Every year I'll read it. And that's just for me daily reading. That's not studying a book of it. That doesn't include studying, you know, the book of Romans or studying this. It's just me wanting to go back. And it's crazy because, you know, I've read so many books outside of this book. And this one, there's something about it. It has to be this God-breathed thing because it doesn't get old. Like, I'll watch a movie maybe once. If it's really good, I'll watch it again. Like, I've watched Goonies probably five times. <laughs> you know, I get, I, you know, you get a good story, you'll read it a few times. But after a while, you're like, okay, I know what happens. With the scriptures, as it, what, I've been reading it what, over 35 years. I've read, I've read it at least 35 times, if you count just my daily reading. And I can't get enough. And I go back, man, Jesus, you got that out of Deuteronomy? <laughs> You know, and then he would he would argue with people, and, and, and Paul himself, you know, I think the, the scriptures came alive after Paul had his conversion. Paul had no knew the thirty nine, and then it came alive, and all of a sudden it's like whoa, this this this, and it says sometimes he would just start preaching Jesus to them through the Old Testament. 
Jesus is all throughout the Old Testament. And when you start waking up to it, oh my gosh, they even had the idea of Jesus hanging on the cross. David, the psalmist, actually felt what Jesus felt as he was hanging on the cross. Now, if I told, and this is how I get my students to want to read the scriptures, if I told you there is a book on this planet that, has, that predicts the future, and it predicts it with 100% accuracy, would you want to read that book? I'm like, and I show them the Bible. Here it is. It's there, and it says, it actually tempts us. For those who have understanding, understand what I'm reading you. Even about the mark of the beast, I want you to understand this stuff. And then you have the Holy Spirit now. We can go back and look and say, Holy Spirit, you authored this thing. You inspired these men to write this stuff. Show me what you were meaning. And you start dissecting it and going into it. And you're like, whoa, no way. It is so deep. It is so powerful. It is such an amazing thing. And, and we've got this epic war going on. And he teaches us how to fight this battle. And you're like... But we trade it so quickly for quick entertainment. Me. I'm talking about me. I got soft. <laughs> I was getting soft. My COVID spirit was a little pudgy. <laughs> and I was getting I couldn't swing my sword quite as me and Matt used to have Bible sword fights we'd ask Bible questions and we'd you know, <laughs> see where did that come from you know and I loved it I loved when we'd have those fights <laughs> um, and then we were getting then you know the New Testament comes along you know and thank God it did. The New Testament came and, and, and men of God wrote as they were inspired to teach the church and to teach. And it's funny because it says Luke, the one who wrote one of the four Gospels, was like, he wasn't there, but he's a man, I got to write this down. Theophilus, he was writing to this guy, you got to hear what happened. So I went and interviewed all these people. And it's funny because Luke, not only did he go and interview, like, you know, how did he get this story? That, by the way, that story about Jesus being a young boy, he got that story from probably his mom, maybe. Maybe Jesus' mom said, yeah, when Jesus was little. Luke's like, really? At 12, he was, <laughs> he was arguing with these old guys about the scriptures? He was talking to them about it? Yeah. And then he told me something very rude. <laughs> he says... Well, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? You know, don't you remember when I was born, angels and wise men come in, and you know, don't you remember all that? That's me. I'm, 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 I'm moving into. And this is the thing about why I'm, I'm asking us to go further in this fast. It's been 21 days. I'm asking us to go another 21. I want to get to 42 <laughs> because I think we're right in the middle of something great, and I don't want to go back to normal. I don't. I don't want Aaron to go back to normal. I don't, I don't want us from a year from now to think we're the same that we were. Because when I read the scriptures, I'm like, we haven't even yet scratched the surface of who we are. And when we enter into this world that God is inviting us into, his world, his imagination, and we start lining up with what the Spirit says. The Spirit's groaning to line us up with His will so that nothing will be impossible for us. I'm still waiting for somebody to jump on a plane to Kenya and say, you know what, I need to be there for a year. 
I need to support Nelly. Nobody who has left home, family, for my sake, won't, for whatever they lost or that, won't ever gain it back. I mean, Jesus talks about stuff like this. People who, you know, he's, he's, my kingdom is the most important thing to spread on this planet. There's a fight, and I'm looking for us to fight. And we are fat Christians who love to go to, you know, who a majority, we love to go get a good tickling teaching. Yeah, that's great. And we love music that moves us to where we do this. But we do squat. I think Jesus is looking on our worship right now, at this generation who's done amazing things with worship, who's done amazing things, but the people go back and they do nothing with it. He's trying to inspire them to go, 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 go. Love people the way my son loved them. I'm putting my son's spirit in you. Are you listening to him? What was he doing while he was on this planet? He was loving people passionately. And he was teaching them the truth about what's going on. He's like, man, I've come down from heaven. And they all knew that. It wasn't this. It was, I came down from up there. I've been in the Father's presence who created all this, and I'm telling you what's going on. And he left us a miracle. Here, it's written. A lot of this is written right here. Then we get the New Testament. There's 27 books in the New Testament. Four Gospels. All these Gnostic Gospels are crap. I'm just going to, I'll tell you why later. Historically, they are crap. Spiritually, they're crap. But they're designed in a way where they're seductive. But I'm not going to get into that today because James asked a question, but it got me going again because I have fought agnostic beliefs before. Um, won't go into it today. The... The, the scriptures of the, the Catholic Bible that hold the apocrypha, apocryphal books, they're interesting. They're not as dangerous to me as the Gnostic Gospels. I think you could actually read them and get some Jewish understanding of culture and stuff like that. Inspired, maybe, some, some of it. You know, the closest book that I've gotten to say, hey, I would love to include this is the Book of Enoch. Just because it's quoted by Jude which is in the scriptures, as prophecy. But it's not in there right now. The church fathers, and this is how I trust. How do you know the books got in there that got in there? I'm like, I believe that the church fathers that were early on, they, they basically, it was self, it's self-evident for the most part. And we'll get into maybe some of the way the Bible, but not this morning. But I'm trying to let you know how I believe and why I believe what I believe. And what is it, and how it's such a huge part of me. You talk about hearing God. The reason I hear God as clearly as I do is because I know the scriptures. Because it's written. <laughs> to me, God's word is not the Bible in terms of it's, the, it's God itself. Uh, there's some people who put it to that level. That the Bible became flesh. <laughs> you know, I've heard it actually taught that way. The Bible came out of heaven and became Jesus. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, the Bible testifies about who Jesus is. And all these covenants that God's going to make. So, why wouldn't you read it? Why wouldn't you want to read a book that prophesies, that tells the future, that actually tells about how God is working in this? Why wouldn't you read it? 
The Jewish people are still here today, and they are miraculous. People say their book. You want if if there are miracles in themselves, you might want to read their book. And then what was born out of that? What was born out of those two miracles? Two more miracles were born out of those miracles. The church was born, which, good, bad, or indifferent, Jesus Christ has been preached all over the world. And that came out of the Jewish nation. The second miracle was the book that they claimed to be the New Covenant, which is the 27 books that we claim to be our New Covenant books founded by the apostles. Anybody who wrote those books were either associated with, was an apostle or associated directly by the apostles themselves. That was the standard, one of the standards. Now, why in the heck are we so lazy as men not to study? Jesus did as a young boy. Paul obviously got force-fed it because <laughs> he was, you know, but then he became a, a powerful... Uh, person in it but that is something very practical a miracle modern day miracle that's probably sitting in our room now if you don't like reading listen to it because you can go on to this thing and listen to it so what i have done and i'm going to ask aaron to help me with this is i've just invited you guys into my daily reading i read it out loud well i can read it out loud and then people who just don't like reading which is fine because faith comes by hearing (laughs) and hearing by the word of god if our faith is small right now, our faith is weak, honestly, as so far as where we're supposed to be, well, let's increase it. Let's exercise it. Let's exercise our faith. Let's increase it. So I, I, I've, I've, I've gone ahead. I've started tomorrow. I've got, um, it's in Chronicles, not Chronicles. Um, where was I in? Oh, Jeremiah. Oh, that's a, it's a good one. Um, but I've read the Daily Bible and I put it, I've, I've, I recorded it and I'm going to put it on our podcast thing so that. You can click into October 21, or what is tomorrow? October 21? October 19th, that's where I started. October 19th is Monday. You can click in or read it yourself. The reason I do the dailies is because I don't have to, because people, you know, after 10 days, you say that you journal for 10 days and they quit. People do the Bible the same way. They'll read it for, and they just kind of, they don't know where to start. They'll read a book and they'll, they'll get into Deuteronomy or something, Leviticus, and they'll go, oh my God. You know, if they start from, oh, I'm going to start from the beginning, Genesis, and they get to Leviticus, they're like, I'm done. I just read this. You know, I wish it was formatted in the old Jewish format, you know, the way the Bible is, because it, 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 it's, it's more, it's actually better, a better read chronologically if you're going to go through the 39 books, which, but I, I've, I've, I've adapted, uh, because you get a little Old Testament, you get a little New Testament, you get a Psalms every day, you get a Proverbs every day, and I kind of, I kind of always, whenever I read the Proverbs, I go to my ancient Chinese, you know, sage voice, you know, the Proverbs for today is, you know. <laughs> So you can get past my voices. You'll be all right. <laughs> um, but I, I'm going to put that out for everybody. To I've already done this week, and Aaron will help me put it up, and he's, he can teach me. So I don't have to come to him. Hey, can you? He's been really good about doing these podcasts. But I want to I want I want to challenge us the next 21 days to not only keep on going with the fast, but let's add something to it that maybe we've neglected. As men, because one day you have to teach your kids. You don't want another Bible teacher teaching your kids. Trust me. <laughs> you want to know the scriptures because there's a lot of falsehood coming out of this church today, and you want to be able to discern and know yourself what is true, what is not.
so I want to encourage us as men who are going to have kids who are going to and have to have to teach. And Paul said this to to Timothy. And and the reason I I, I do I'm doing this is because I, I ran across the scripture with Timothy, and he said he told Timothy he goes. Um, Where'd he go? Got a lot from Timothy. If you want to read a good book, it's Timothy. Uh, until I come, this is Paul to Timothy, who is a young pastor. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. All right, so the public reading of Scripture. You know, that, was, that was a tradition that they would do. They would just open up Scriptures and start reading. And back then, they would actually stand up for it, to honor it you know, to honor what was being read. Uh, but he said, and so, so I just said, well, I'm going to make this public. I'm going to read it. Anybody wants to click into it, they can listen to it. You know, it's a New Living Translation. It's easy understanding. It's actually a very good translation. One of the best translations I have found are the scriptures. Have, and I've read through most of the translations that I've come across. There's so many more now. <laughs> There's ones that are too long. <laughs> what is the, was it the, uh, I think Heidi likes it. It's like the, the translation, the, exhaustive? huh? Is it, the exhaustive? it is exhaustive, <laughs> but <laughs> amplified version is like, like what? Oh my gosh. How did you <laughs> come up with that? <laughs> but, um, I want to challenge you that, but let's, let's look at this one and then we'll close with this. This is the trial of Jesus. This is the testing. This is the 40-day fast of Jesus. Jesus is tested in the wilderness. And I, I, there's, there's two versions of it. One's in Matthew and the other one's in Luke. And I, I chose the one in Luke, but I read both of them. And it's interesting because people are like, well, there's contradictions in this. The second temptation and the third temptation got flipped. <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> you know, if you have... Three people have giving an account of an, a car accident. It just depends on where you're standing. But you get more if you read all of the accounts. He's like, oh, you get more information. It's not, it's not a contradiction. It's just better <laughs> to get more eyewitness accounts. Luke 4, 1 through 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. <laughs> where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. Now, when I, when I say this, some people's like, have, have, you know, I'm not asking you all to not eat anything for 40 days. So if you think this is hard, it could be harder. <laughs> I personally have not been led yet to a 40-day fast. Not yet. Or maybe I missed it and I just said, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, maybe it was one of those things where I told these, no, no, no. <laughs> All I'm doing, I'm leading us into a 40-day fast of just the three things we talked about. 40 days without food, though. I think there's an account where Moses, I think it was Moses, 40 days without food or water. He was in the presence of God for 40 days. Without water, you die. I know that physically. So that was a miraculous fast. I would never, ever... I know some people who have taken a 40-day fast. It's dangerous just for food. But physically, it could be dangerous. Anyways, Jesus is in a 40-day fast. His, he, was, he had no social media either. <laughs> um, he ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. <laughs> the devil said to him, what in the devil voice? If you are the Son of God, I better not do that. If you are the Son of God, someone might get offended. If you are the Son of God, 
tell this stone to become bread. That's fascinating to me. The Satan knew that Jesus could do this. He knew he could tell this stone turn into bread and it would be edible like bread. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Now, he questioned his identity right off the bat. And that's what I want you to understand about this. One of the first temptations is, who are you anyways? And that's the, one of the things that you're going to struggle with through this fast. Who am I? Y'all already started mentioning it, but something else was coming. My calling. You know, it has a lot to do with Calling. Because your identity is, who, what are you going to do with your life? If, and that's the big question, if you are Preston, a man who can heal, you know, and with a bow, <laughs> and uh, it's your, prove it. This is basically what he was tempting him. Prove it. And the one thing you have to realize is Jesus said, I don't have to prove anything to you. <laughs> He didn't say that, but he said it this way. Jesus answers, it is written. Man shall not live on bread alone. And Luke doesn't include this next part, but Matthew said it. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, the scriptures to me, I've always preached this, are the way that I tune into God's voice for me personally. Now, some people have, have claimed that God doesn't speak like that anymore. He only speaks through the scriptures. We don't need his voice personally. You need just the Bible because it's the word of God finalized. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The Bible points us to the word of God and we need to hear God every day personally and I and I say you know you got it you got a little word here you got a little nugget here how about when God starts speaking to us as a friend this is where we need to be this is how exercised we need to be that we we're we're praying as Paul says without ceasing that that was just a, a normal very organic conversation with God every day like hey what do you think about this what should I do here and that's why he comes back with this scripture says, it is written, man should not live on bread alone. I, my, my sustenance isn't derived from just food. I'm feeding off of every word that God is speaking to me. And Jesus would practice this. He would constantly go away into the wilderness to pray, he says, to pray, to be alone, to be still, to surrender back to the Lord. What, you know? And he comes back and says, well, God told me this right now. And so I'm telling you out loud what he just said. Then the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. I love this part. Satan had the ability to show him in an instant. And I like that because it was quick. It's like our technology day. If, we wanted to, if I wanted to see a piece of the planet right now, and I'm waiting for Google Earth to update Google Earth because I look at my, my house and my, I'll, I'll go in, I'll scroll in, I'll go... There were a lot more trees back whenever this was taken. <laughs> but I can't wait till Google Earth says in an instant you can go onto someplace and it actually instantly see people walking around. You know, I, the government can do that right now. All those satellites that we were looking at this morning, <laughs> there's so many of them now that anywhere, they keep putting more so that, that we can see anywhere in the world at an instant. 
isn't it interesting that back then Satan already had this technology you want to call it technology supernatural whatever you want to call it but he had the ability to show Jesus in an instant all the kingdoms of the world and he said to him now get this I will give you all their authority and their splendor it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. Okay, stop there. I think we have a wrong idea of, you know, sometimes of how Satan got the authority to be God of this world. It's quite possible that God gave it to him. Isn't that interesting? It's quite possible because where else would he have gotten that authority? <laughs> I mean, you think he asked the logical question, where else would he have got to it? Even God, in one of the earliest books that we have in the Bible, had a, in Job, Satan comes up to God's throne and, and, and God says, where you been? And he goes, on earth? Which means he could go to other places in the universe. Oh, oh, you've been on earth. Have you seen my servant Job? Well, yes, I know Job well. Now, that gives you an uh, understanding. Number one, he was invited into this throne gathering of beings. And he wasn't a terrorist at that point where he was like, hey, he wasn't brought in with hand, you know, handcuffs. Like, hey, come on in. What do you want? <laughs> it was a big part of what God was trying to do. Something happened to him, though. And here Jesus, now he's right with Jesus, questioning him. He says, I'll give you it all. He knew what Jesus was coming for. Jesus was coming to take back authority. Say so that we don't have to fight. We don't have to fight. I already got it. I'll give it to you. Just worship me. It will be all yours. That's gotta be tempting. That's political, you know, 101. You know, can you negotiate? A treaty. Can you negotiate a truce? And here this worship may have been something that you're like, hey, just, 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 you know, do things my way. Now, this is another temptation y'all are going to fall into. Satan always comes out. Once he questions your identity and your calling and wants you to prove it, prove yourself. And this is something with us men. Prove, prove you're a man. You know, we have to have a deeper understanding to number understand there. But then he's gonna, then he's gonna say, "Well, that's a good idea." If if you, if you pass that test and you're like, "No, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know what I'm called to my wife right now. I'm called to my family. I'm called to this job. I'm called here right now. This is where I'm standing. This is where I'm gonna." Be. And if you can't move you off that, then he's gonna start going, "Hey, I'll join you then. <laughs> you want to do all these good things? You want to stand as that? I'll join you." He'll give you a half thing. Hey, you can do that, but you don't really need to worry about being that serious about it. I guarantee. I guarantee. Satan is who he is. We know his strategies, Paul says. We know his strategies. Why? Because <laughs> it's written, number one. <laughs> um, then Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What does the scripture say about, and this is what I've, I've had, I had, I was on, I was on the top of a mountain in Africa 
at an orphanage and I saw three of my good friends being approached by Satan on high place. And my friends were all in the ministry. They wanted to do good things for the Lord. Great, big, good things. And I saw Satan approaching them, offering them, hey, you can do these good things. Just raise enough money and you can do all. And in my heart, it's like, no, I wanted to shout them, don't, don't, don't give in. Don't, don't, don't. And when I got back, I told them, I said, listen, guys, none of them listened to me. All of their marriages failed while they were doing those good things. And my heart breaks. The temptation will be the pool to do all these things is going to, he's going to come to you. It's going to require my resources, the way I do things, and it's money. And Jesus quite plainly says, you can't serve both. You can't serve both money. And you're going to be, this is going to be a hard one for you to get through because all of us have struggled with this. We were raised in it. We were raised in the church to serve both. The church has already accepted that. No, we need money to do what we're going to do. And my comeback is, no, you don't. No, you don't. I was literally through a person, and I won't say who this person was, came into my home a couple weeks ago and played that role. He said, you know, Jim, wouldn't it be nice if you could just go to, you know, he, I told him all the things I was doing in Kenya, all the things I wanted to do here, all the things I want to do. And he goes, I want to, I want to, I want to be part of that. I want to be able to be the person to get the funding. So when you need something, I can, you can just go to this pot and say, here, here's a check and just do it. You know how tempting that was to think that, oh, this person wants to develop that. Now, I've known this person for a long time and I'm like, he hasn't changed a bit. I'm like, it was really easy to be pleasant and nice. And, but I told him, I said, no, I've come this far without it. We're doing all these things without. <laughs> if, you sign, if you look at my paperwork from a financial standpoint for the world, I qualify for a lot of uh, help <laughs> from the government. <laughs> People don't understand how I've done what I've done. And I, I can't give credit because I, it wasn't by, a, it's just when God says go and I'm in line with the spirit, there'll be a way to go. There'll be a way to do. I retired from the world system at age 30. I said, no more. No more is this gonna, system gonna, I'm gonna make my decisions by it, by how much money I have in the bank or how much money I need to raise. No more. I'm just gonna tune into God's voice and live by that. But Satan has an alternative, and the church has swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. So a lot of good men with good intentions, until they give up that and lead their body into it, they're going to stay. Most leadership's going to be burned out because they're trying to serve both. They can't let go. It's going to be a couple people doing all the work. And that sucks. <laughs> and so the power of God in our lives is forfeit because we get what money says we can get, what Satan says 
we can get. Because guess who's in charge of the world system? <laughs> he is. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Now, I don't know if everybody else could see him at that point. I don't know if they flew up there. I don't know if there was a ladder up there. <laughs> and he says this, if you are the son of God. So he goes back to attacking his identity again. Couldn't get him there. Couldn't get him to serve him. He said, throw yourself down from here for it is written. So he's going to come in with the scripture itself. Now, this is where I know our body has been tested with this. He's going to twist the scriptures. He's going to use it out of context. He's going to use it. He's going to bring in some other things that may sound like scripture. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here for it is written. This is Satan speaking. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. Now, it's interesting because Jesus even knew the prophecies because this was a this is kind of a cloaked prophecy in the Psalms. This wasn't a direct, you know, if you're if you're just reading this Psalm, you may think he's talking about David himself. David is talking about himself. But Satan knew this was a prophecy about the Messiah to come. That's how smart Satan is about the scriptures. He already understood prophecy in the Psalms. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift up in their hands. You, they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. All right. I want you to open your idea, uh, understanding to this because this is revelatory to me. The fact that, you know, as he is, so we are on this planet. That angels are waiting for us to do the things that we're called to do because when we do, we will be protected. When I got trashed by that truck in Haiti, our entire group, we got hit three times by a truck and we didn't go over the edge, but we did get side, we went over, we did flip over, but we all walked out of it alive. Maybe a cracked rib, maybe one of my angels slipped. <laughs> I had to, to go surfing on that trip, I had to duct tape my, <laughs> I had to duct tape my body together because I was not, I came this far, I'm going to go surf some Haitian waves, I duct tape because I think my rib was cracked here but I duct taped it together and <laughs> I went surfing with the guy. But he will, this is the thing that excites me. It says Jesus himself would depend on angels to, to guard him. And it says they will lift him up so that he wouldn't even hurt his foot on a stone. That's powerful stuff. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. What book did he read out of? Deuteronomy. <laughs> I know our, our minds on them. It's a little rusty right now. <laughs> when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. And it says, then angels came and ministered to Jesus after his fast. Angels came to minister. I think angel food came down. He said, here, an angel was cooking. Hey, hey, you know, here's some fish. I fried it up. This is really good, you know, and here, Jesus, you know, he's like, thank you, man. You know, came around. Say, man, he's a jerk. <laughs> you know, he really hit me where it counted. He's like, you know what he tried to do? <laughs> you know? This stuff happened. And so if Jesus could go for 40 days without food, can we go another 20 days to try to tune into his voice, to try to get in shape? Because 
Fuji understands, you know, I can't do this. <laughs> he understands that well. Fuji actually does well on these pests. He says, I can't do this. He, he's like, okay, I can't do it. Maybe I understand why I just can't do it because my dad said no. <laughs> but what we can do with the time that we have is get into the scriptures, which is a modern day miracle, and start trying to understand them for ourselves. We can go to the person who inspired the scriptures, who the Holy Spirit says is, is inspired this, God himself inspired the scriptures. We can go to him and say, what did you mean when you said this? And we can start writing things down and go, you know what? You just see my journals of when I'm reading the scriptures. Sometimes I'll just write it. I'll write the scripture because for me, I'll just write it down again and go, I want to remember this. How was it said? How did he... And I'll just call it out the way I see it because I do believe my son Fuji was called out of China. Not just to be a good soccer player, but to be a man of God. I think he was, there's other kids that could have got, he was called for this time. I believe he is to know God the way his father knows God. I think that Fuji may go and do greater things than me. If. He believes. I believe my, my son's going to experience this type of stuff that he's after right now. I believe Aaron's going to, all the words that I heard last week over Aaron, the levity that he brings into a room is powerful. And good. But there's more. He's also got music inside of him. He's got praise inside of him. I think that's one of the things the enemy fears the most, is musicians rising back up. Because somebody might get healed and change an entire little community. <laughs> when their face that was burned off <laughs> gets better. <laughs> I keep that picture in my phone. Every time I'll look at his face... And then two days later, I'll look at his new face. <laughs> and then I have a third picture of when I visit him. I didn't even recognize him. Because <laughs> somebody thought it was, yeah, it was foolish enough, hey, uh, your bow, <laughs> to play a bass guitar with a bow. What other things will the Holy Spirit call you to do? Oh, you're going to go get a kid who's got a foot that's backwards in China, <laughs> you know, and bring him over and father him? You know, hell no, I'm going to try to ruin your home. So that you won't do that. That pisses me off. <laughs> you know, that just pisses me off. I want to fight. That kid's important. <laughs> You're important. Do we know how important we are? Our identity, we suck at our identity. <laughs> We've settled for what the world has settled for. We settle for what are what do you do for a living? That's our identity. Well, I'm a teacher, I'm a this, I'm a that. That's our identity. That's what the world offers. That's what Satan offers to you as a man, as your identity. And Jesus, ah, who are you? Number one, I'm God incarnate on this on this earth right now. I'm his body. Darn it. I'm getting directions straight from the head. 
are you really? <laughs> well, I'm trying. And then I go, am I? <laughs> you know, he's like, <laughs> you know, I puff it up, it goes real quick, and I'm, ah. <laughs> Darn it, I want us to be this. I want us to be that modern day miracle. So I'm, I'm challenging us a little bit further. It was a trick. <laughs> Get them into 21 days, see where they're at, challenge them a little further. Can they do it? Now, I always, I always put this in fine print. You don't have to do any of this. I'll still love you. I'll be disappointed. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. You know. <laughs> Does that help? <laughs> that, do you feel the condemnation? <laughs> I didn't bring us this far to be who we are. No, I, I brought... I, I want somebody to freaking fly. Literally, not metaphorically. I want to come back to a story. You know what? I was over this place and somehow I flew over that mess. I want one of us to be caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I'm not sure, but I got back. And what I saw, Jim, holy moly. I'm already jealous of Preston because he heard God with his physical ears. I've never heard that. I'm still asking. Although I do hear it through people. I, I put that, but not just... But what's happening in my life right now around the world with people who count on me as a preacher, it's, I'm very much alive and active in the gifts. Or at least the gifting that I've been gifted with. But I want to see that in us. So, I'm making the podcast for the Daily Bible. You can start tomorrow if, if me and Aaron will put it up and he can show me how to put it up pretty quick. And then uh, I'm calling us to just continue what you've been doing for these past 20 minutes for 21 more days. And, in, in, and when we come back in the next 21 days, I want to hear a little bit more. I want to hear some clarity. You're just now detoxing and creating new habits. What happens if by the end of these 40 days, you know, after Jesus' 40 days, his public ministry began? He had to go through this so he knew. It was just the test. The Spirit led him so say, hey, good job. You know who you are. Now go do it. I'm praying that for us. I believe things are coming to a climax. We may face an economic disaster that's on the horizon. It's going to change everything. COVID changed everything. The panic of COVID, I should say, the panic of COVID changed everything. What happens when the world panics to realize that the money that you have in the bank really isn't valuable? <laughs> we have borrowed so much. In Economics 101, that money doesn't mean anything. It's just paper. What, when pe what happens when people start realizing that? They panic that quick on a disease. How quick? And that's what caused the Great Depression. People panicked. They ran on the banks. Stock market went in four hours. Me and Fuji learned this in history class. 
So, yeah, this election may trigger some of that. It's possible. And it's possible we just, we're still too big to fail and we just prop it up again and go another seven years without. It's possible too. But let's not wait. <laughs> be caught with our pants down. Oh, crap. The zombie apocalypse happened. I'm not ready. So, I don't believe the zombie apocalypse is going to happen, just for those who are listening. It'd be pretty weird if it did. <laughs> Get my machete out. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to end the podcast right here. With those of you who weren't here, you can listen to this. Bye-bye.